Well, the Big 12 Conference appears to have its new, yes, new commissioner. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you, and I thought we might have to wait a little bit longer. I thought we might have to wait until Big 12 Media Days coming up uh, July 13th and 14th, but that is not the case as it has been uh, reported by Sports Illustrated, that Brett Yormark, right now with Rock Nation, that is Jay-Z's outlet, yes, Brett Yormark, formerly of the Brooklyn Nets and New Jersey Nets, is going to be the next Big 12 commissioner. Now, uh, my first thought is, okay. At first, I didn't like it. But now, with each passing moment, our hasn't been that many days, but I like it. I really do. And it is uh, great to be here with you for another week. Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. If you're on the radio show, we love our affiliates. If you are on the podcast, uh, greatly appreciate you being there. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. Hit that subscribe button as well. We've got free koozies when you leave rating and reviews. And send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's M-U-N-D-O. So, uh... Brett Yormark, who is he? I noted he's with Rock Nation. Prior to that, he was with the Brooklyn Nets and the Brooklyn Sports and Entertainment Group for the past 14 years. He was seen as a key reason for the team leaving New Jersey for Brooklyn when they made that move all those years ago. He has been with Rock Nation now uh, as the COO for the last couple of years. And as Sports Illustrated notes in its report... His role includes working with artists, athletes, leagues, teams, and brands, and he oversees sponsorships, licensing, content partnership, and brand strategy is what uh, Brett Yormark does. He's 55 years old. He's been there for the past three years, and now he is set to be the next Big 12 commissioner. Now, at first I said, here's a guy who, you know, has no involvement with college sports, none whatsoever. He is not somebody who, you know, as far as I can tell, is familiar with this part of America, right? A heartland guy. See what I did there? Yep. I know. Uh, you saw what I did there, didn't you? Uh, that's just not who he is. But as I step back for a little bit, I, I, I realized, I said, first off, he has been with NASCAR. All right. He was an executive with NASCAR for a period of time. So he knows a little bit about how middle America operates. And as I think about it more, I mean, this league is set to span from Florida to Utah. So maybe it's on me. And maybe you're with me on this. But maybe it's on me to get the uh, provinciality out of my head to be so provincial about this, to be thinking about this from the standpoint of, well, he's not, he's not a guy from our part of the world, so uh, you know what? Screw him. Forget him. We don't need him. We don't want him. I mean, this, this, this league is going from literally uh, Orlando to Provo. What's that, 2,500 miles? Like, this isn't 1995, and I'm talking to myself now when I say that. I'm admitting I'm having this conversation with myself when I say that. And the Big 12, what's been the knock for many of us on the Big 12? I love this conference more than anything uh, from a sports perspective, but the fair criticism has been predictable, stale at times, 
not realizing how to capitalize on what they have, not bragging enough about the things they do well that they are in the forefront of, uh, often being reactive instead of proactive. All of those things are things I've said about the Big 12 over the years. And I say that from a place of love as someone who loves this conference. Well, the hire of Brett Yormark is the opposite of all that. It's proactive, not reactive, right? He is someone who knows how to uh, publicize, who knows how to promote, who has learned that from his time, you know, in professional sports and then also being with Rock Nation. Like, would Brett Yormark be a, like, all right, let's go back to 2017 when the Big 12 was the only conference once they added the conference championship game, the only Power 5 conference that was playing a true round robin and a conference championship game with one versus two. Nobody else was doing that. And no one talked about it outside of us. ESPN didn't want to promote it because it wasn't SEC Big 10. They didn't want to give the Big 12 too much credit. They never spoke about it like they should have spoken about it, right? That happened with them. And, you know, I'm sitting here banging the desk saying, hey, Big 12, brag about this, all right? You're the only ones doing it. One versus two in a true round robin. Make that known. Meantime, in the SEC, Alabama plays, uh, you know, Georgia, what, twice every seven years or something ridiculous like that. So brag about it. Would that happen under Brett Yormark? I don't think so. Does the Big 12 need an outside-the-box hire from the standpoint of navigating its next TV deal? I firmly believe that. As much as I thought there were great options in the college sports landscape to choose from and pick from, you know, Shane Lyons' name comes to mind, West Virginia AD. I don't think Jamie Pollard would have taken it, the Iowa State AD, but that's a guy who's been a you know an advocate for the Big 12, no doubt about it. So there were certainly good options uh, for this league to look at. And it's not that I was advocating or pulling for one of those guys. I just wanted the best guy. I thought Oliver Luck was the obvious name uh, to look at. He had been the AD at West Virginia. He had run a pro sports franchise three times, um, two NFL Europe franchises, Major League Soccer, uh, knew the NCAA. But what this tells me is that the Big 12 actually may be ahead of the curve for the first time in a long time. And they're realizing, example, Oliver Luck, having experience being an AD and having experience, let's say, with the NCAA is going to be meaningless in college sports for this job as commissioner in not just five or ten years, but two or three. Right? Like, Oliver Luck is as connected as it gets when it comes to college sports. But is this really a college sports job? Or is it more of a branding job, a sales job, a media job under the guise of college athletics in this new world order and this ever-changing landscape uh, with name, image, likeness, transfer portal, and everything else that's involved in this? You know, so I, I just look at it and I say to myself, okay, hang on a second here, uh, my first reaction was, Brett, your mark. Does he even know where Ames, Iowa is on the map? Can he find me Stillwater on a map? Could he go to, you know, uh, one of our radio affiliates where I used to work, Woodward, Oklahoma, on a map? Has he been within 100 miles of Lubbock, Texas in his life? And then I'm like, okay, wait, wait, don't be emotional. Don't be provincial about it. 
let's step back and let's actually see, you know, and analyze this guy from a fair perspective. And that's what um, I started to do as the day went on and said, okay, all right, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm understanding it. And for everything I've been critical of the Big 12 for being at times, this is the antithesis of that. So I have to be fair and say, you know what? I'm willing to give this a shot. I'm willing to support this. Not willing to. I'm openly supporting it, wanting to support it, and will support it. And is there a possibility it falls flat on its face? I I guess. I guess. But considering the Big 12 is not going to be the SEC, it is not going to be the Big 10. We know that once Oklahoma and Texas leave. I think it can be a great conference in football and basketball. But it's not going to be the SEC or the Big 10 in terms of branding and schools and things like that. If Brett Yormark can bring his experience from his time, you know, with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, from his time with Rock Nation, all those relationships that he has built with leagues, teams, brands, executives and TV, digital media, uh, sponsorships, licensing, content partnerships, brand strategy, then I'm all in. Because I do believe that the Big 12 to keep up, which it absolutely can, does need that outside-the-box thinker, does need that person who's going to promote this thing in a different way, who's going to say, okay, here's what everybody else is doing. What can we do differently? What can we do better? How can we uh, you know, promote ourselves properly? They don't need ESPN. I, last week, the whole show, not the whole show, but the start of the show was how I don't think the Big 12 should necessarily get in bed with ESPN anymore. I would tell them to take a hike. ESPN, all it's going to care about is uh, the SEC, especially when OU and Texas get there. And then especially if they land the Big Ten contract, then forget it. There's going to be no time for the Big 12. None whatsoever. And the Pac-12 is negotiating with them right now. What are you going to get on? ESPN 9 if you're lucky? So uh, if a guy like Brett Yormark can be that person to say, what's best for the conference, be a champion for the conference, figure out how the conference from here will uh, work through a critical next two to three years with OU and Texas leaving, four new teams coming in, and, uh, you know, a new TV deal in three, four years, then that's great. And I would rather a guy, let's say, as much as it would have been good to have a guy who many of the Big 12 schools who are going to stay know, like one of the ADs they can trust, there's something to be said for having somebody that really nobody knows, as far as I know right now. Like, nobody has any relationship with. Nobody really has any idea um, who he is. I mean, people know who he is, but you, you know what I mean. Like, personally, relationship-wise, don't really have that relationship. So everybody's starting out with a fresh slate, right? Everybody's off to a clean start. And I think that is absolutely noteworthy when you talk about this hire of Brett Yormark as the next Big 12 commissioner which has been reported by Sports Illustrated this week. And uh, it will make Big 12 Media Days that much more fun when we get to it. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you as always as we roll through another show. Uh, Speaking of all this, a Power 5 conference is copying... The Big 12. Yes, yes, yes. We'll get to that coming up next right here on the show. 
Hey guys, before we continue, just note that we are rolling out new Heartland College Sports Podcasts, a team-specific podcast. We've got KU's up. Uh, we have a Bedlam podcast covering Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, a Texas Tech podcast as well. So we are working on all these different podcasts. Just search Heartland College Sports wherever you get your podcasts and hit that subscribe button. So appreciate you guys. Thanks. Well, 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 would you look who is copying the Big 12? That would be the ACC. Yes, the ACC is going to be eliminating divisions starting in 2023. They have made a pivotal change to their scheduling model by eliminating divisions effective for the 2023 football season. So uh, instead of having divisions, the ACC is going to do a model that uh, sees them play three permanent opponents and two five-team rotations that will flip every other year, being dubbed 3-5-5. I think that's a great model. Uh, I think that it's one the Big 12 should look into when things kind of settle down. You're going to have a couple of years of awkwardness, obviously, with uh, Oklahoma and Texas still lingering. For as long as that's going to be, who the heck knows? They say 2025, but let's be honest, no one really knows what that's going to look like. But I like the idea of having whatever the number is for the Big 12, two or three permanent teams you play every year. Maybe it's four in the Big 12, and then you rotate everybody else, right? Like, I think that makes a lot of sense, and that works in terms of building rivalries uh, and getting rid of divisions, or in the Big 12's case, not bringing back divisions, is an important thing for this league as it decides what it's going to be moving forward. If you're the Big 12, don't be the conference that when everybody is moving away from divisions, you're moving back into divisions. Like, you set the trend. One versus two. No divisions. It's not 1995. The Big 12 is ahead of the curve on that. So don't fall behind the curve. Don't go backwards on anything if you're the Big 12. All right, do not do that. So this is an interesting model. And just, you know, I know we're not ACC fans here, but to give you an idea, you know, each team is going to have its primary opponents. And it makes sense for, say, Boston College to have the old Big East schools. Boston College will have Miami, Pitt, and Syracuse as its main opponents. Uh, Who else here? Let's see. Uh, Do Miami. We'll have Boston College, Florida State, and Louisville as its primary opponents. Syracuse, Boston College, Pittsburgh, and Florida State. All right? Also some old Big East foes in there. So, like, that that makes sense for these schools to do it that way. All right? UNC will have the old ACC schools, including Duke, North Carolina State, Virginia, like, that's how it would work. And that that makes sense because those fan bases still, geographically speaking, want to see their teams play each other every single year. So it's, it's, a, it's a solid format and a solid setup. And if the Big 12 does something similar, even if it's in the short term with Oklahoma and Texas still there, I think it makes all the sense in the world. So uh, I like what the ACC did. I give them credit for doing it. And uh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's see what the other conferences do. All right. Like the big 10, so top heavy in the East, so top heavy. It's about time they did it too. But then again, you know what? Here's the thing. If you're the big 10, you know that the big 10 East, if it's in a good position with one loss can more or less punch its ticket to, uh, 
to a college football playoff. They're going to beat the team in the West almost every year. Is that going to happen if you do one versus two? Someone can knock somebody out. That's the problem for uh, the Big Ten that they don't want to have to deal with right now. Uh, they just they don't want to have to go down that road. Uh, meantime, in the Big 12, Arch Manning has decided to go to, yes, the Texas Longhorns. How about that? Uh, this news, of course, broke late last week, and it was kind of like, whoa, uh, what's going on? Oh, Arch Manning, this came out of nowhere. So Arch Manning commits to the University of Texas, and good for him. We're happy for Texas. We're thrilled for the Longhorns. Seriously, I mean, you know, it was down to them in Georgia. I'd rather Texas get them than Georgia. And if I'm Arch Manning, like, I think this is a great play. Now, I believe Arch Manning picked the system and Steve Sarkeesian over Texas. And I think he picked uh, the fact that his legacy can be far greater at Texas than, say, Georgia, where they've won national championships, obviously, recently. Certainly the same with Alabama. And then do you want to be a Manning, you know, having to go to Ole Miss, having to go to Tennessee? Let's be honest. I get wanting to forge your own path when your name is Arch Manning. I totally get it. And if Arch Manning is the guy that brings Texas football back after a decade and a half of mediocrity, then you know what? They'll put the statue up before he graduates. That's what they'll do. So it makes sense from his perspective, his personal perspective, and his growth perspective, the big Texas. Steve Sarkeesian uh, did not have a good first year as a head coach at Texas. I'm not sugarcoating that at all. But when you have Mac Jones on your resume as a guy who turned into a first-round NFL draft pick, like, <laughs> yeah. look at Mac Jones, all right? Like, I don't know what he's going to be in the NFL. I, I do know this. Nobody looks at Mac Jones and says, yep. That guy right there, yep, top 15 pick in the NFL draft, absolute stud, can't miss. That guy looks like he's a senior in uh, high school. I, have you seen him, you know, with his shirt off in the NFL draft picture? I mean, he makes Tom Brady from his uh, Michigan days look like a buff stud. So that still is on Steve Sarkeesian's resume, and that is one that is absolutely a worthy part of the resume for someone like Arch Manning to consider. So I'm happy for him, happy for the family, and, you know, I hope it works out. Am I going to sit here and say that this means Texas is back? No. I, like, how could you in good faith do that? You can't. You literally can't do it. I mean, you should be so excited if you're a Texas fan. You should be to the moon if you're a Texas fan. You should say, yeah, you know what? Uh, this is awesome. I love this. This is greatest thing ever. We've got... Quinn Ewers this year. Arch Manning's going to be in town next year. I This is, you can't beat this. But are you going to sit here and tell me in good faith that you've got all the confidence in the world that Texas is now back as if somehow talent has been the problem for the Texas Longhorns? <laughs> what, they haven't recruited well enough? Yeah, you know, I mean, they've only had like the number fifth or sixth ranked class in the country. Now they might have two or three. I mean, like, wait, come on. It's not been a talent issue. Right? And I, I, I joked about this on Twitter, but I, I, <laughs> I put this on Twitter 
and I did my fake broad. You know, I used to do play-by-play um, for high school football in Woodward, Oklahoma, and all around western Oklahoma, southwest Kansas, and the Texas Panhandle. Love it out there. And then also, um, you know, I did it at Wagner College in New York City. And I did my best uh, impression of, you know, Texas in 2024, final year in the Big 12. Arch Manning rolls right, drops back, looks downfield for Jones, and he's got him in stride. Touchdown, Texas. And the Longhorns now trail the Kansas Jayhawks 24-20 with 2.36 left in the game. (laughs) I mean, like, is that impossible? No, it's not. It's not. I just got to see it to believe it. All right, that's all I'm saying. It's not a knock on Texas. Every Texas fan should feel the same way. If you're a Texas fan, you got to say to yourself, I love this. It's awesome. But I actually have to see it. I've got to see the turnaround to believe it. You can't fool me anymore if you're a Texas fan. And I'm saying this if I'm a Texas fan. I can't be fooled anymore with recruits or recruiting classes. It's got a mesh. But great news for the Longhorns. Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you joining the show. And before you go, do me a solid. Hit subscribe. It helps us grow the show every single week. You're doing it. I know some of you haven't yet. It's okay. It's okay. I'm just asking you to do it right now. And uh, leave a rating and a review. It's how we beat Fox and ESPN and all the big dogs and CBS in Big 12 podcasting. So thank you for that. Thank you for being a part of this growth. And that's why I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Uh, when you leave me a rating and a review and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.